Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. The Bible is the single most important book in history. It is the very words of God put on paper. In this podcast, we will walk through the pages of His Word as we seek to understand His message to us. In Isaiah 55:11, God says, My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. As we study His Word, He will accomplish within us what He desires. That is our prayer. That is the journey. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. I'm so excited that you joined me today on this episode. We are continuing our journey through the parables of Jesus, and, and it's a journey that I have thoroughly enjoyed. As stated in past episodes on the parables, stories connect with us in an incredible way, which allows the meaning of the story or the meaning of the parable in these cases to really come across and connect with us on a very human level. It's a way to bring kingdom principles and kingdom lessons to us as humanity. It brings them down to earth for us. Now today, we're, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19, verse 11 through 27. We're also going to be in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 34. We're going to be talking about stewardship today. Now, when we think of stewardship, what what is that? Uh, my job, I, I work at Chick-fil-A, and one of the things that I do weekly is our orientation, where I bring in new employees, and I walk them through who we try to be as a company. And one of the things that Chick-fil-A is about, it's in our corporate purpose, is we want to glorify God by being a good steward of all that's entrusted to us. And I always ask them every week, does anyone know what a steward is? Throughout my years of employment with Chick-fil-A, I've only had a couple people who have been able to answer that question. It's not something we talk about a lot. It's not something that is consistently or always on the forefront of our minds. So when we think of stewardship, what, what are we talking about? Well, this idea of stewardship, it's defined as the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or a property. We'll, we'll see that in some of the parables today. It's this idea that someone has given us the responsibility of watching over something that is not ours, but we are given the responsibility of taking care of it. We can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul describes us as stewards of the mystery of the gospel. And he says in verse 2 of chapter 4 that it is required of stewards that they be found faithful, which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. How can we be found faithful? How can we uh, be found as faithful stewards within the kingdom of God? And we're going to talk about two areas in which uh, we make that happen. We are told in Luke chapter 12, as we'll see, we're going to talk about stewarding our heart. God has gifted us our life. And how are we stewarding it? How are we taking care of this life that he has given us? And secondly, we're going to talk about stewarding his kingdom. He has gifted us, his church, with this responsibility before he comes back the second time of stewarding his kingdom in a way that is pleasing to him. So how do we do that? Well, that's what the parables are going to answer today. 
Uh, so let's go ahead and we're going to dive into Luke chapter 12. These are lengthy passages, um, but I'm going to read them out just in case you're listening to this and don't have a Bible in front of you. I do want to read them out, but you know, if you if you are in somewhere where you have a scripture in front of you, go to open it up and read along with me. We're going to start in verse 13 of Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is... There will your heart beat. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And that last verse that we just read, verse 34, that's really the culmination of everything that Jesus is saying here. For your, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So let's take a, take a look at what, we're, what we've read. What's going on here? Well, we begin with Jesus responding to a, uh, to a request to arbitrate a familial dispute about possessions. This person comes up and says, Hey, you know, teacher, will you will you arbitrate this for me? Right? Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. There was an apparently a dispute. This this brother was not dividing the inheritance. And so this guy comes up and says, Hey, we have a problem. He's not dividing his inheritance. Will you tell him to do so? And interestingly, Jesus does not end up on either end of the dispute. He does not look at him and says, yeah, you are being wronged. Let's see what we can do. He does not look at 
you know, maybe maybe the other brother was there, maybe the other brother was not there. We can just use, you know, our imagination to to prove to, to to see the point. You know, he looks at the other brother and says, Hey, why won't you split his your inheritance? You know, you know, some of it belongs to him. No, Jesus doesn't go there. Instead, he states how little concern we should have about possessions in general. And he goes into this teaching about our attitude towards possessions. And the, the big idea is this. We cannot substitute things for life. We first of all see Jesus' response as a command. He says, what does he say? He says, take care. Take care. And be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This word, take care, that, that is an active phrase. It is not a passive, which we, we, we see in the be on guard, right? So we see both an active command and a passive command. Active, take care, watch out. Make sure that you don't make possessions the, the end all of your life. And then the passive, be on guard. Put things in place in your life to guard your heart. Because your heart will desire the wrong things. If you're not careful, your heart will long after possessions. And you will long to make your life all about what you receive and have in this temporal existence. But Jesus says, take care. Actively be on the lookout for that. And be on guard. Put things in in place in your life. These are not separate commands. But their command repeated in different words to instill within us the absolute importance of what he's saying. Jesus is making sure that he, he gets both sides of the coin, right? Take care, be active against covetousness and be on guard. That's the passive command. Put things in the place in your life to guard your heart against all covetousness, he says. Covetousness, and we're going to look at this, and this is why I didn't stop at the end of the traditional parable. Right? We could have stopped at the end of the parable and left all the stuff about not worrying out. But I think that the part about not worrying is very much an important part of this passage. Because what we see here is that covetousness, it shows up in this passage in both the rich and the poor. In the rich, we see covetousness as this self-reliance. Look at what I've done. Look at what I have built. Look at what I have made. And then Jesus continues after the parable into this this whole uh, thing about not worrying. And what we're seeing here is that covetousness is not just a thing for the rich. But in the poor, it's going to show up as worry. Covetousness shows up as self-reliance in the rich, worry in the poor. In verse 13 through 21, that's that's really the parable proper. We see that the rich heart trusts in itself. And this is what Jesus is warning against. Remember, he started off, take care, be on guard against this covetousness. So this covetousness for the rich, it shows as trusting in itself. 
Right, we read that the land of the rich man produced, and it was a must have been a bumper crop. His his barns could not contain everything that that he had produced. And so, what is he going to do? He's going to tear down his small barns. He's he's going to expand his territory. He's going to make bigger barns, and he's going to say to himself, "Look what you have done for yourself. You are well prepared. Relax and enjoy life." And we read in the parable how that very night his life was taken from him, which shows us the frailty of human plans. In the parable, what did God say to him? He said, fool, what, what is that saying? It's a man without understanding. This man thought he had it all. He thought he had it made. And yet in the eyes of God, he was a man without understanding. Why? Because he, this man, thought he had it all made by himself but he truly was without understanding. And that's what we see. And, and we, we see this you know, creep up in our lives. If, if we've done something for ourselves, if we found ourselves in good situations, how easy is it for us to look at ourselves and say, look at what you've done. Man, you, you planned this well. You, you made this work. You did this. And Jesus says, take care and be on guard because that is covetousness. This idea of self-reliance, and this is difficult for us as Americans, right? We have, we have grown up in a country that for the last 200 years of its existence, it, to be American is to be self-reliant, right? To be American is to make it your way. Look, I did this. We did this. But Jesus says, be careful, take care, be on guard, because that kind of covetousness, that kind of trusting in yourself, it does not lead to the kingdom of God. And then we have this passage in verse 22 through 34, where Jesus talks about the poor. And what we see here in this passage is, Whereas the rich heart is seen covetousness as trusting in itself, the poor heart's outburst of covetousness, it doesn't look like trust. It looks like worry. And the point that Jesus brings to us is that life is more than possessions. And whether... You're rich, whether you're poor. Covetousness is something that all of us have to take care against. All of us have to be on guard against because covetousness in any form or fashion does not lead us to the kingdom of God. Life is more than possessions, Jesus says. So don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't, don't fret about what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat. And Jesus gives us the, the cure for this. He says, knowing your value to God, right? It's like, hey, your, your, your father knows what you need. And your father delights, he says, in giving good gifts. Your father delights in giving you the kingdom because that's what's important. Jesus says, of how much more value are you than the birds? If God clothes the grass, how much more will he clothe you? 
Your Father knows that you need them. So, so don't worry. Don't live your life in a place of anxiousness and worry about temporal things because temporal things are not what it's all about. Right? It's, the, it's, it's that one coin with two sides. The rich, it's all about temporal because I've done this for myself. The poor, it's all temporal because I don't have it and so I'm going to worry about it. In both areas, we're not trusting in God. We are trusting in something other than God. We are trusting in this temporal existence that we find ourselves in. But Jesus says that, but you, talking to us, if if you want the kingdom, this is kingdom teaching, he says, you trust in God. You seek the kingdom. Trust is the antithesis for both worry and self-reliance. Trust is how we stop relying in ourselves. Trust is how I stop worrying. I'm trusting in God. I'm placing my trust in God, that he is God, that he says he is God, and he's going to do exactly what he said he would do. And that is, he's going to take care of us. Of how much more value are you than the birds? If God clothed the the grass, how much more will he clothe you? Your father knows what you need. And so we can take that off of our plate and we can trust in God and we can seek his kingdom. And in that trust and in that reliance in him and seeking his kingdom, that is the antithesis for both worry and self-reliance. So no matter where you find yourself in life, rich or poor or anywhere in between, Jesus says it doesn't matter. Possessions aren't the thing. Possessions, the material aspect of our existence, that's that's not what is important. What is important is that are you seeking God? Are you seeking his kingdom? Are you trusting in your father? Verse 31, right? Seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you, right? Jesus says, hey, if, if, you, if you have your priorities straight, if you have your trust, trust placed in the right thing, which is our father, then he, he's going to take care of you. It is your father's, verse 32, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 34, and this is the culmination of it all. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So do we treasure the temporal, material things of this life? Or is our trust is our focus in the right place. Understanding that it's the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of God, that, that that's what's important. And so steward your heart, take care of your heart, make sure that your heart is in the right place and that your heart is seeking after what is truly important. It's not about things. It's not about anything that this temporal life can provide it is all about his kingdom and so steward your heart in that direction luke chapter 19 brings us the 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 next the next passage where we talk about stewarding his kingdom in luke chapter 19 we're going to be reading verse 11 through 27 As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable 
because he was near to Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, Engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had, been, what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit, and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, and at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him, and give it to the one who has the ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. Now this is an intense parable. There's a lot in here that we're not going to fully dive into. But I want us to walk through it in a way that just shows us that we, that we have a responsibility and we have a role to steward the kingdom of God on this earth during our time here. Now, we clearly see the correlation to Christ in this parable. Right? He left to receive a kingdom. That's, you know, he left heaven, came down to earth. The citizens hated him, rejected his rule. The coming of the kingdom was delayed. Right? We can correlate that in so many ways to Christ. But let's just walk through this for just a moment. A nobleman gave ten servants ten minas. The minas represents the gospel that we have been entrusted with. And they were given this command to engage in business until I come. Some engaged out of a desire to please. One engaged out of fear. And when this man returned, he rewarded the servants based on how they handled what they had been given. Well done, good servant, he said. Because you've been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over and then would give them a reward. And so my simple question out of this, I told you I wasn't going to go dive deep into this one. I just want to ask us a question. He has given us something to do. What are we doing with the good news? Right? He has given us his kingdom and his gospel to steward and to, and to proclaim to the world. What are you doing with it? Are you going out and are you spreading it and are you proclaiming it and are you multiplying it to those around you? Or are you keeping it to yourself? Holding it in. The passage clearly gives us which of those is the best response. 
So these are two parables that talk about stewardship. Again, stewardship, it's the job of supervising or taking care of something. And so we're stewarding our heart. Are we stewarding our heart against covetousness? This idea that the temporal reality around us is what is important. Both whether we're rich or poor, we're relying in ourselves or we are wringing our hands and not trusting in God. Both are equally looked down upon and displeasing according to what we read. And then are we stewarding his kingdom well? Are we we taking the gospel that he has given us? And are we proclaiming, are we spreading it? Are we sharing the good news with, with others around us? Or are we hoarding it to ourselves? Let's steward it well. Let's steward our heart well. Let's trust in God. Let's seek his kingdom. And let us steward his kingdom. Jesus, would you help us do that? Would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to steward our hearts well? And would you help us to steward your kingdom well until you return? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.